This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the game plan after a bye week with Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. Don't forget, we uh, are very appreciative of everyone downloading the podcast. Soonersports.tv slash podcast is where you can find all the information. Tape the refresher We last should do, night. like, some gift. You think? Like, if people listen, then they get, like, a clue every week that leads them to some magical. Right. And what would, what would the ultimate prize be? I don't know. Maybe like uh, season tickets next year or something. Like I like that. it. Yeah. All right. So we'll. I, mean, be, I can't afford to actually. Yeah, I know. We don't actually have the it. prize, but uh, there's. <laughs> I used to work with a radio guy that would always keep this notepad of prizes that he had given away, that he never ended up giving. He was like, "All right, I got your prize, buddy. You'll pick it up here in a couple of weeks. I'll call you whenever. I'll let you know." Because he would do these <laughs> these giveaways to try to get people right. to call, right? Right. And so people would and then call never actually and, gave the prize, right? And finally, someone called. I was answering. Phone. I was like, "Hey, man, I uh, I want tickets. Do, do you know when to pick them up?" And I was like, "Yeah, he got he got fired. I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> we'll think on that idea. We'll have to work on I feel that like we should reward bit. our listeners. How was the birthday bye week for Toby Rowland? It's great. My well, you family only turned 25 spoiled once, me. Man. That's right. My family uh, spoiled me. My son came home from college to hang out with me this weekend. I watched a lot of football. Nice. Ate some birthday cake. We did the escape room thing in Oklahoma City. I saw City. that on the gram. I saw so that cool. Was it really? So much fun. We got out. We escaped. Congrats. Like this room we were in only has a 30% uh, – uh, escape rate, right? So we feel like we're better than the seven tenths of the uh, general public. <laughs> but it, it was a great weekend. Now I'm ready to go back to work. We've got a game. Me too. Me too. Uh, I, I, bye weeks are weird for me because I and and we're, I, I'm lucky because I'll have a span during basketball where I'll have some Saturdays off. You, right? Probably not because I mean that was I mean again I think I pointed this out last year in an interview with you. That might have been the last free Saturday you have for a while. Right. You made me very <laughs> depressed last year. <laughs> Whenever you – of course, uh, I'll have to look over the basketball schedule. That may have been the case this year. But uh, I, I get a little bit of a break during the, the men's and women's basketball season before, you know, p- filling in for, for Brinkley on women's broadcast whenever he has TV duties or, or softball. But not so much for you. So this is, uh, this is starting a big-time stretch. And interestingly enough, not to get away from football because that's the focus of this podcast – but I know that uh, Lon and Coach Cole, Lon Kruger and Sherry Cole, were interviewed on Friday by Jessica Cootie, and they're excited. I mean, we're right around the corner from basketball practices. Practices starts, up. what, October 2nd? Yeah. October 3rd, somewhere yeah. in there? Yeah. So, here I we mean, go. it's here. It is absolutely here. I got a new partner for basketball. I don't even think we've uh, said anything public. You want to do uh, it here? Why not? Th- maybe this is our gift to listeners. <laughs> Kevin Henry. This this year is that we're breaking news on this podcast that uh, Kevin Henry is going to be my color analyst for the radio broadcast uh, this year. He's a McKinley dad. Is that right? He's a McKinley dad. How cool of a guy is Kevin Henry? He's pretty special, man. He's pretty special. Uh, he, play, he, he still holds the all-time three-point record at New Mexico. Transferred from there to Baylor. He's been working with us. For the last couple of years, um, and you may know his exact job better I think than it's I think he's in do. marketing, yeah, isn't he's it? Yeah, he's over in marketing. He does something in marketing. I'll probably figure that out on some road trip <laughs> this year. 
But he is uh, he's going to be our color analyst for, analyst for basketball this year and uh, very excited. You know, our buddy Scotty went down to UTSA with uh, Henson, Steve Henson, when he got that head coaching job. So had a, had a blast last year with Scott Thompson, but it was one and done. And now uh, Kevin Henry is going to be my partner. That's good for Scott, man. Uh, that that oh, he got yeah. the and he ended up he was great. I, I'll I'll say this much for Scott Thompson, we might not have ever had anyone in the history of the OU radio network who worked harder at getting better throughout the yeah. season. I Agreed. mean, because he had never done radio right whenever he started, and we were uh, obviously with Mike Houck's increased responsibilities with with football and the job that he had overseeing the whole department. Uh, you had to look for someone else, and they said, yeah, why not? Why not Coach Thompson? And right. th- that dude worked nonstop. I great loved guy. it. I loved it. Great guy and great perspective. Um, what do you want to talk about this week? We got a football game on Saturday. Okay. I I was listening. I actually to kind of give you the more behind the scenes than you probably want on Mondays. Toby and Chad host the press conference show, which does it air? It it, it airs live on That's Fox right. Sports Oklahoma from noon until one. We uh, we go over a little bit early because the players will get there early. So we'll get our interviews knocked out. You're on the other side of the stadium right. getting Opposite player interviews while we're hosting the show from the, this side of the and stadium. And that's been a very fluid situation because sometimes uh, meetings might get pushed up. And, for instance, Ahmad Thomas had a meeting uh, or, or a class responsibility that was pushed up. So we only got to talk to Mark Andrews one-on-one. So for me, I had the perspective to actually sit back here, and I even went home for a little bit, shows you how close I actually live, to kind of watch the show and consume the press conference in a way that I really hadn't before, kind of behind the scenes here. And uh, it was it was really, I think, inspiring for Sooner fans to see how uh, – and, and to watch him at Thomas's press conference whenever he talked about the players-only meeting, to hear Mark Andrews talk about a Thursday practice that might have been the best practice they had, and to see a focused and ready-to-roll Bob Stoops. I mean, I, I – I, I don't know, Toby. Maybe I, I am a homer. I, I always look at things as glass half You're full. You're an optimist. But I am very much optimistic about this team now heading towards TCU. I think you're right. I mean, um, I, I, it's Monday, so there is, is time for more evidence to be gathered before Saturday. But right now I feel pretty good about this team and this week. And, uh, you know, there are some track records there to feel good about. Bob coming off a loss, Bob coming off a bye week. You know, there's all kind of metrics. This team on the road recently. Yeah, right. So there are some things to feel good about. But um, I don't know, more than any of that, I think there's just this gut feeling that they're due to play well. I think they're due to play well. Maybe I'm being hopeful, but I really do feel like that, that they they are due to put one together. And it's been a while since they've – put a 40 or 60 minutes of football together that they went home really feeling like they you know they didn't give away some stuff they didn't give away some points or opportunities or things like that this is gonna be tough man I mean of the 35 straight games that a Bob Stoops team has won coming off a loss in a regular season they haven't lost two in a row and 30 last 35 straight losses back 1999 is the last time this has got to be one of the Biggest challenges, you know, on the road at a ranked team like TCU. This is going to be a big test, but I got a pretty good feeling right now. What is it about these two teams that really seem to bring out the yeah. best in each other? And and maybe I should entertaining be more games. Inter- thank you, right? thank you. I mean, when I say the best, it wasn't the prettiest second half for Oklahoma last year, but they still found a way to win. You go back what two years ago? That was that was the famous. 
uh, TCU complaining about old Baker Mayfield over there on the sidelines, and it was a, a yeah. raucous environment. Sterling Shepard went nuts. Great game. On the road, Trevor Paul Knight had a Dawson. good game. Paul Dawson, not Paul Denton. Paul Dawson had the pick Did six. You say Paul Denton? Or I something? said Paul Denton on the air today. <laughs> Chad, I him during the commercial break, Chad said, "You know, Denton is what you go through to get to Fort Worth." <laughs> the guy's name is Dawson. Um, he had the pick six. There was the famous or infamous, if you're a Sooner fan, fourth and one. Yep. Where Samaje got stopped. But I mean, that was a great football game. Yeah, Oklahoma it was. just came up on the short end of it. Year before that, here was a close game, if I remember right, until Brennan Clay broke like a 76-yard touchdown run to kind of put it away. Um, so they have played the year before that down in Fort Worth. It was also an entertaining game that OU wrapped up the Big 12 title. Tony Jefferson made the play in the corner of the end away zone. right in front of us there in the corner of the end zone. So, yeah, they have tended, and I don't know the reason why. I don't know <laughs> if it's if it's Gary Patterson's defense against uh, against uh, Oklahoma. I don't know what the reason why is, but – but OU and TCU have tended to play highly entertaining, close football games. And uh, they usually are with a lot of stakes. I mean, let's face it. They, yeah. These two teams have been at the top of the Big 12 Conference since TCU has made its run. Have you had a chance to really dive into TCU yet? I mean, I, I watched them last Friday night against SMU. It took them a while to get going, but SMU might be a bit improved. Uh, Kenny Hill looks apart. Looks like he's very comfortable in what they're doing offensively. Uh, and it looks like it's one of those teams that is kind of typical – Gary Patterson, b b before he brought in Sonny Cumbie and kind of changed their offense a little bit. There's a really good defensive football team, it appears. I think so. I, I feel like the the feeling on TCU in the early going has been that they've been a little bit disappointing. And I guess that's because you remember in the opener, they, were, uh, they gave up a ton of points to South Dakota State. Am I right about that? I think it was South Dakota State. Yeah, I think so. And then they lost – the, Arkansas. The Arkansas overtime game. And so I feel like that, that at least my perception is, and I think the perception of a lot of people out there is that they have been a little bit like Oklahoma, disappointing in the early season based on what we thought they were going into the year. Um, I don't know exactly what Kenny Hill is yet. I, I know he's mobile. I know that early in the year he threw a bunch of picks and the last little and last couple of games he seems to have settled down and played better but when he is faced with you know better athletes in the secondary a better pass rush um you know what is he i'm eager to find that out he might be the best quarterback in the big 12 i don't know but i'm i'm eager to find out when he is put under fire i remember saying almost this exact same thing about <laughs> Trevon Boykin yeah whenever and we got fortunate we didn't have to worry about seeing him on the field last year right but 2 years ago Oof. he had won the starting job but oklahoma was going in there fairly early in the year and i remember thinking well let's see when he plays a big time defense what he can do and he's great so maybe that's what kenny hill is but i'm eager to find that out i don't think he's got as many electric weapons around him like a Josh Doxson that they've had in the past. I think Kyle Hicks is a nice player. I don't know if Turpin's going to play or not. Uh, I think he's a nice player. But I don't know if they've got as many stars on offense. And I think you're going to want to play him early in the year defensively, TCU's defense, because I think they'll get better. I mean, Gary Patterson knows what he's doing on that side of the ball. So I think they are getting better defensively and will continue to get better as the year goes along. Um, but I guess that's just a hodgepodge of 
what I've seen from TCU so far. Is it I, – I heard you make this analogy. So basically what I do, and kind of going back behind the scenes, is I watch – your show, then I steal all your takes. So that's, <laughs> that's fine. That's, that's kind of what I do for this podcast. <laughs> but you almost get the sense that this team desperately needs to make a big play defensively at some. I, and I, and I want to say early because that's my mindset to yeah. kind of set a tone. But yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to set off kind of an avalanche of, of big plays defensively. If, if you can get one, suddenly they would come in bunches. But we need to see this defense make a big play on Saturday, don't we? Yeah. I don't know if I feel like – well, This the origin of that was Ahmad Thomas was asked during the press conference if the team needs a spark. And I think he said we don't need a spark in a game. We need a spark in practice, something there like that. There you go, yeah. Uh, I think they do need a spark. I, I don't know if it's a play or if it's just like a shared experience of going through something and coming out on the other, other side and winning that – can turn the momentum of this season in the right direction. And I think back to Tennessee last year, and it certainly didn't come early against them. But what happened in the fourth quarter and in overtime on the road against Tennessee fortified that football team. Now, I know they lost a game afterward, but there was a shared experience there that they all went through mm-hmm. that I think, you know, there's something to this whole brotherhood and chemistry and all that kind of stuff with, with teams, not just football teams, with teams, period. And it feels like that they need – sometimes it's a nail-biter and you got to make a fourth down stand to save a game or you've got to score in the closing minute to – win a game. Kind of like what Stanford did against UCLA the other day. They had to go on a drive to win a big game at the end of it. Oklahoma needs something like that right now, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball, or if it's a late game situation, or or it's a blowout, or what it is. But hopefully about 7.30 or 8 o'clock Saturday night, you and I are doing a post-game show, and we're going that's what we were talking about. Oklahoma needed that tonight. Watch out. This team has found itself. Seven straight wins in true road games. You mentioned how Bob Stoops just doesn't lose back-to-back games. Let me start with that latter thought first. And, and I'm sure you guys will get into this later on tonight on the huddle with Ryan Broyles and Ty Darlington. But what has made Bob Stoops so good in bouncing back from wins, you think? Oh man, it's probably more of a of a of a player's question, I assume. But we we we've seen it now up close and personal for you going on what now eight years? Yeah, and doing sidelines and doing play by play. What what's kind of well, stood out to you? I, I mean, first and foremost, they've got they've had really good teams. So um, you know, a lot of that is you don't lose two games in a row if you've got really good teams. But it does have to speak to some extent to Bob's ability and his coaching staffs abilities and that's changed through the years though um so you know he's been the constant uh to correct mistakes to get better to teach from losses to learn from how other teams beat them because you know that's what the next opponent's going to school on they're going to school on all right you just lost how did they beat you that's what we're going to try to replicate so um obviously there that speaks to something within bob stoops and his coaching style to be able to, you know, get teams ready the next week. But like I said earlier, this has to be one of the biggest tests to that 
to that streak, a road game against a top 25 team, the caliber of TCU. You know, when they lost to Houston, they had ULM at home the next week. And there's been a few of those through the year. Yep. But this is, a this is as uh, my old boss, Dean Blevins, would say, this is a different breed of cat or frog. <laughs> a frog in this case. case. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> All right, a couple of quick ones in before we let you go. Common reoccurring question. In, and every year there's the player. I think we joked about this last week, so I apologize for bringing it back up. But it wasn't bye week. Uh, Got to get this guy more involved. As Mark Andrews last year, I can remember doing sports talk radio when it was Trent Smith. Got to get the, the right. tight end more involved, right? right? Uh, it seems like Joe Mixon has kind of taken on that role. And I, I don't think that's – I think Samaj P. Ryan with a week off now and going up against some of these Big 12 teams, you'll see his numbers start to improve. But I also think, Toby, with his play, Joe Mixon has screamed more involvement in this offense, hasn't he? Absolutely. I, I think Joe wants the ball more. I think Lincoln wants him to have the ball more. I think Bob wants him to have the ball more. I think you and I both want him to have <laughs> the ball more. Uh, he has looked great. Through three games, if you say who has been the best sooner, the answer is Joe Mixon. And uh, so I, I think he will carry it more. I think they'll throw it to him more. I think you'll see him more in the now, you know, maybe the full-time punt returner, most of the time punt returner and kick return games after we saw what he did against Ohio State. I think you'll see his touches per game average go up. That being said, I think the guy that's due is 32. Um, you know, Samaje's not had a great start to the season, and now for two weeks he's going to sit around to idiots like us <laughs> talk about how great Joe Mixon is. And not that those guys are competitive, but Samaje Piran's got credentials. I mean, he didn't stumble upon – potentially becoming OU's all-time leading rusher. He's really, really good. And I think that you may see him do something on Saturday. I think P. Ryan may remind us, you know, how special he's been in a Sooner uniform. Real quick, roll around the Big I'm, 12. Well, I'm throwing a lot of hunches out there today. I like it. I yeah. like it, though. I mean, I've already got my spotlight guy. It's Samaje P. Ryan. <laughs> Mark it down on the spotter board. Uh, real quick, from the Big 12 this week in West Virginia and Baylor stay undefeated so far. That West Virginia-BYU game was a pretty fun watch. Yeah. And then, you know, Baylor and Oklahoma State got that late-night rain delay treatment. But uh, Kansas State wins. Iowa State gets off the schneid. Uh, TCU gets a W, which sets up for a bit. We got the Thursday game between – uh, consistently struggling Texas Tech. Kansas and Texas Tech play on Thursday. I'll take Tech in that one. Okay. <laughs> then you've got the full slate of Big 12 games. Baylor at Iowa State, Texas at Oklahoma State, Kansas State, West Virginia, and, of course, at Oklahoma TCU game. I'm kind of excited to be following a little bit of that Kansas State, West Virginia right. game and Texas, Oklahoma right. State because, as we've learned, 11 a.m. kick for OU Texas uh, next Saturday, week from Saturday. Well, you've got, you know, probably – Seven teams, I think. Maybe eight, maybe Texas Tech. But I think you've got seven teams that right now feel like we got a legitimate shot to win the Big 12 this year. Your Tech probably feels that way too, but I don't know if I feel that way about them. But right. Seven teams. And six of them are playing each other this week. You know, Texas and OSU, I think, are both feel like they should be in the hunt. OSU, that was a tough loss, but it was a loss on the road at Baylor. That's not a killer for their hopes. Uh, West Virginia, only un, uh, one of two unbeatens now. Kansas State, I think, has a defense and a head coach that you can't write them off. And, of course, the tech, the OUTCU game. So, yeah, after Saturday, uh, road wins are how you're going to decide this thing. You know, everybody's got to gotta defend your home turf. This is a little bit like the basketball season. In the Big 12 race, you got to defend your home turf and you got to pick off 
a game on the road whenever you can. So if OU can go win in Fort Worth, or if Texas can go win in Stillwater, or if Kansas State can go win in Morgantown, those are huge wins in trying to win what looks right right now is a wide open Big 12 race. All right, dude. Thank you. I appreciate the uh, time on a Monday, and we'll see you guys back here on Thursday. I was with the bye week now. All days have run together with the uh, tailgate to get you ready for Oklahoma and TCU. All right, bud. Good see you. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.